All right, well, hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael, and I'm here today with just one guest. We have Larry, our co-host, and uh, you'll hear more from Larry in just a second. And this is Kickstarter's Econ Fundamentals 101. Uh, so the idea here is that we're going to cover a few currently running Kickstarter campaigns that we find interesting, and we hope that you will as well. And if you do, and you decide to go back something, please let them know in the comment section that you heard about uh, their project through us, uh, as that can help our show gather some more steam. This has already happened once. We had a, a, a developer reach out to us after hearing about our show, and that was awesome. It's a lot of fun. So I like to hear that. Uh, so Larry, go ahead and say hello to everyone. Let them hear your voice. Good morning out there in RPG Academy listenership. How are you today? Doing well, I hope. Doing well. I assume they are. I know I am. Good. Fortunately, our normal third, uh, JVC, is a little bit under the weather, so he will not be joining us tonight. Um, so Larry, do you have any social media or any other work that people might be interested in getting a hold of or contacting you through? Well, uh, the only thing I really spend time on is Twitter, and that's at Mumfrey999. Um, other than that, uh, I like to browse the RPG Academy website for uh, fun reading. It's good there. We have a, we have a few things. So we're going to just jump right into it today. Again, we each have three. There's only two of us, so it should be a little bit shorter of an episode. But uh, I know I'm pretty excited about the ones that I've chosen. I hope you are as well. <laughs> yes. So I'll kick things off. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Who Goes There? Second Edition. So, Larry, are you familiar at all with this? That one I have not checked out, no. Okay. So, anyone who's listened to our regular show, at least from the beginning, has probably heard me say several times that The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, is one of my absolute favorite movies. It is. And it's like a lot of my DMing can be traced back to the feeling of that of that show, that movie, I should say. Absolutely love the movie. Well, the movie is based on a short story called Who Goes There? And Certifiable Studios, I think two years ago now, made a game called Who Goes There? And it is based off of the short story for which the movie The Thing is, is taken. And it's a basically, it's a social deduction game where one of the players may or may not become, quote-unquote, the thing. And there's plenty of games that are similar to this. Um, there's even a, a knockoff version called Outpost 31, I think, uh, which is very, I mean, if you know the movie, then clearly Outpost 31 is the thing, the board game. But this is like the official version. So um, everyone starts clean. But throughout the course of the game, you have to do things to try to survive. People are going to have to go outside. They're going to have to go to different rooms. They're going to have to break into smaller groups. And there's a chance when you do certain things that you become infected. And there's like a sort of like a randomized mechanism to determine if you become infected. So, again, I'm doing some of this from memory. But I believe there are like 12 cards, and one of which is an infection card. And they're shuffled. And put into a stack. And when you do a certain thing, you have to draw a card. So at the beginning of the game, the first time someone draws one of these cards, there's a 1 in 12 chance they become infected. They don't share this, but people can see when people are drawing. So if somebody draws like four cards, there's a really good chance now. It's like a 1 in 3 chance, you know, that they are infected. But they still might not be infected. And they have a mechanism. It's like a little sliding doohickey that... If you spend time with someone who is infected or who could be infected, they have to hand you this little mechanism. You look at it in secret and it will tell you, you may now be infected. So the infection can spread. 
and you know it could eventually everyone could be a thing and you lose the game uh but it's based on the short story the idea is that these are researchers trapped at like an, i think it's an antarctic station and they want to get away but the thing also wants to get away it wants to get to civilization where it will be able to spread and take over the entire world so you win as a non-infected if any person gets to the chopper and gets away without also taking an infected person with them. You win as the thing or any infected person if you become infected during the game. If the helicopter gets away and there's at least one infected on it. I've half played through the game once uh, trying to learn it. My friend Rocky loves this game. He played it like nine times at a catacon. <laughs> he played it like nine times at our faculty retreat. He goes on and on about it. I, it's a beautiful game. The All the... Pieces and components are amazing. And this is for the second edition. So there's a little bit of a rules change. There's some new character packs. And there's also some expansions. So if you already own the game like I do, you don't have to buy the entire game again. You can just buy the new stuff and get you what you need so that you can play with it. So this is by Certifiable Studios. They've created seven Kickstarters to date. This being their seventh, they've backed 61. They've already fully funded several times over. Uh, their initial goal was $34,000. they are at 195000 now. For $20, you get the upgrade pack, which will make your game worth, you know, second edition, second edition version. For $40, you get the upgrade pack and one expansion. For $60, you get the upgrade pack and two expansions. For $75, you get the base second edition game. Right. So if you don't own it yet. And for $180, you get all of the goodies that come with it, all the different cool accessories and stretch goals and all that kind of good stuff. And the expected delivery is March 2020, 2021. So we're a little about a month away, or excuse me, about a year away from fulfillment. Boy, that does come with a whole lot of components. I'm just looking at those right now. And I mean, they look great. The The character molds, the cards, everything looks very sharp on that. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's very, very well done game. You know, even if you're not necessarily into that type of game, I think the components are are top notch. And uh, it's really, literally, we're going to have the faculty retreat, like less than three weeks, I'm going to be at the faculty retreat, Rocky's going, and the top game on my list is, I want to play this game, obviously be first edition. Uh, so that's, that's the number one thing I'm going there to play is who goes there. Well, you know, as you, as I guess it's sort of a, with the way things are going in the real world right now, we're playing our own oh, version with the coronavirus, right? You don't know who's got it. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, I don't think it's as bad as, as it seems to be because I think the media has a, has a vested interest in keeping people attached to the screen. Sure. But I also think it's something that's, that is serious. It should be taken as, as serious, but, uh, hopefully no one will have it when we play games in three weeks. Up right. In Trapped in a cabin with a bunch of sick people, maybe, <laughs> but, uh, the infection, uh, mechanism in there, you mentioned where it, you've got that card you can draw and then it's got the, uh, I guess what you consider the infection timer, if you're, you know, incubating with somebody who's already sick, that's a neat mm-hmm. little twist. You know, there's a lot of those, um, what is it like secret Hitler and some other games betrayal on, uh, uh, betrayal on house on the hill where you've got at some point during the game, boom, there's a traitor or the Battlestar Galactica, maybe where it's a secret yeah. traitor game. Uh, that's a neat little twist to it as well. It does look like a really good game. Yeah. I, uh, again, I will speak more to it in three weeks, but, uh, it, it's again, it's based off a game, off a movie that I love. 
I can't, I cannot imagine I'm not going to love this game. And uh, hopefully people will check out this version. If you already have the version, then again, 20 bucks will get you the upgrade. And, um, you know, if, if you don't have the game yet, then you can get the second edition for 75. So, yeah, the expansion add on to that is a, is a nice uh, level. Like you said, it really upgrade your game. And then there you go. All right, Larry, what is your first campaign this day? Well, the first one I wanted to look at today was uh, something called the Midderlands. And it's, this is a Kickstarter for fifth edition Midderlands. And um, okay. it, the product itself uh, was made by Glenn Seal of Monkey uh, Blood Designs several years ago. And it was initially done for Swords and Wizardry and um, just put out some expansions for that. And it's sort of a what he described as a gloomy version of Old England, uh, where he's from and where, where his um, work studio, where they produce everything. So what they're doing is doing a 5th edition conversion, which is mainly going to be for changing over um, monster stats because the Midlands um, is essentially like a, a gazetteer of the area. Uh, comes with a gorgeous hand-drawn map. Um, the only thing I'm not sure about, and I, I scoured and asked some questions and haven't heard back from them yet, everything from the original uh, series, the maps were an A2 size, which um, is fairly large, I think 16 and a half by 23 inches. And I hadn't seen a detail on this version to see if it's the same size map or not, because they did change uh, the size of the booklet itself. Um, right now, funding uh, out of a $12,000 goal, uh, they're just over 7,600 um, with almost 200 backers for this it's looking i mean it's looking like it's going to be funded it's got 25 days to go his past kickstarters uh have done well this one's actually being handled by necromancer games based in the u.s so the production and the shipping and everything is going to be from the u.s so you're going to have a lot less cost there because otherwise buying everything and having it shipped over from the, the uk you know as you've done probably is expensive um necromancer games has done three creations and they've backed to 27 creations here so they've got some experience um with this doing their kickstarters they're also in conjunction with frog god games um as far as backing it for the production and uh, money behind it so you've got a company that's done several kickstarters successfully they produce a lot of products uh, for fantasy gaming um, mostly through your swords and wizardry with the frog god games and also fifth edition products but um, as far as looking at their numbers uh, for um, <clears throat> excuse me for the Midlands here, it's going to be going until the second of next month, so April second. There's a twenty dollar PDF level buy-in, which gets you the PDF of the booklet, which essentially, like I said, is a gazetteer that covers the area uh, that's included on the map and also a bestiary section for the creatures that are there. Some tables for what they're calling. Uh, gloom touched oddities because this is sort of a a weird gloomy version of old england and there's a special metal in the ground if you remember there's an old old campaign uh, series for uh, tsr put out called red steel which had a particular type of metal and it was magic and had special properties well this has got 
a gloomy metal in it and it causes sort of a radiation effect on creatures so a lot of the monsters and stuff included in this game have got some weird things sort of uh, mutations and stuff so they've got some tables in there to fuel you with that to make things just a little bit odd here and there gotcha okay there's a $40 level that gets you the physical book with uh, it's going to be a map and um, the book here the conversion they're doing over to 5e the original book was in an a5 uh, size which is your smaller digest size they're going to be doing this production for the booklet is going to be a full letter size eight and a half by 11 uh, so it's going to be a bigger book so fewer pages but um, larger size and uh, you expect to be finished with this and have it ready um, in october of this year and they just plan to release the pdf and physical at the same time they do have some uh, stretch goals on this one uh, mainly, it's just going to be improvements to the books themselves. So it's physic uh, physically uh, adding in ribbons, the sewn-in ribbons. Going to add some um, colored bands in the books to separate sections. And if they go even farther, uh, printed in papers and additional physical bookmarks uh, with the art on it. So it's... Uh, a neat, I have the old version for uh, Swords and Wizardry, and it's a really cool setting. He uses the phrase in there at one point, it's called Game Juice, and he says he gives you enough detail to you can work your places, people, plots, and, and monsters without giving you specific actual like scenarios. So there's a, mm -hmm. lot of, uh, a lot of area to be done that you can work in mainly uh, for a dm that likes to you know create their own particulars instead of having something laid out for you very very cool uh so there's only two of us so i'm gonna have you double up here and go go first second round and then i'll double up on the last one so what is your second campaign the next one i want to look at and, and there may be a small asterisk by this but it's called cowboys okay. 2 cowboys and indians this is a second edition of a game originally just called cowboys and the reason I mentioned the asterisk is they address uh, in, in their Kickstarter here, it's got a nifty little video for this one that plays some music and shows you the components of the game. But essentially it's, a, it's what they're calling a sandbox board game. But as far as a reference to the word Indians, they mention uh, in their Kickstarter down here that they are uh, <laughs> completely respectful of... This is a qualification they put in here. We're going to use the term Indians as a stand-in for Native Americans and First Nation people. We believe that the term Indian is an outdated cultural depiction. But in the Old West, which where this game is set, it was a term that fits the context of the game. So we make no political statements with this term or its use, and we have the greatest respect for all peoples. So they do throw that out there as a qualifier for their use of, the, of that term, which at first was like, eh. But... Yeah, it seems like they're trying to eat their cake and have it too. It's like we're 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 going to apologize up front, but we're still going to use this term that really isn't a good term to be using. In yeah, I'm going to tell some terrible jokes. Don't be offended. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. But uh, if you can, if that doesn't bother you, or if, if their explanation is 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 adequate, um, I'm glad they addressed it. But they could have done better there. Um, but anyway, you're going to get a uh, box set here, uh, a Kickstarter. I'm sorry, a uh, board game set here and 
essentially this really to me they give you a uh, you can look at a pdf of the rules as as they are so f right now um, they're not complete yet but you could go through and look at their rule book uh, they've got maps and these are your heavier like cardboard cardboard style play mats you lay out as far as your board game and uh, they've got uh, pieces for cowboys and for the uh, first peoples they've got a lot of terrain pieces uh, the maps themselves are laid out and this is what reminded me of the old boot hill game from tsr uh, if you'd lay it out you'd have a saloon and you would have some wagons and some horses and whatnot in the on the main street for example well they've got several playboards that represent saloons and in excuse me inns bars theaters that sort of thing some outdoor areas and they they have several of these included with their um box but as a kickstarter exclusive you're going to get one that also includes um the Rio, Rio Grande River on one side, and then what they're calling the um, Boot Hill on, I'm sorry, there's Boot Hill on one side and Circle Wagons on the Plain on the other side. And those are just areas to play, to set up and play in. But I thought that was neat that they threw in that as an exclusive Kickstarter. But you um, essentially, excuse me, have the Cowboys, and a lot of scenarios are just Cowboys. They do throw in some special um, abilities for their what they're calling their Indian uh, players. And that essentially just lets you remain hidden for quite a while. Be sneaky. But um, you're setting this up. It's almost like a, a Stratego game or something where you've got your pieces. You have point values for your every cowboy, every townsperson has a limited number of things they can do. And it's set up for... Uh, two to five players but they also include rules which they're calling their solitaire bot rules so you can play it by yourself and there's a table you roll on to get reactions on what your the other players or the other pieces in the game how they're going to react what they're going to do so it's kind of a neat thing that they throw that in for a solitary play if you want to do that but again it seems really like a simplified version of the old boot hill where you've got cowboy with your six shooters, a rifle, or a shotgun. Um, and it's very simple. Everything's contained on what they're calling a player card, which is like a mini character sheet here. But there are some rules, uh, additional rules they've thrown in there to take. Instead of having a generic cowboy being every cowboy, there are some uh, variable rules. So some cowboys are better at shooting versus dodging or things like that. Um, and they also throw in a full uh, deck of cards, a poker deck, that you can use during play. And each card, not only can you use it as a regular card deck, but it's also got abilities, one per card. And they're going to either give you a, a boon or some sort of bane for, for your play. Like it may give you an accuracy bonus, or it may say you've tripped, lose some movement. So those are just some random things that can also be thrown in uh, during play. But... Essentially, essentially, you're setting up with the board game your scenario to begin with where you place certain people and they give you um, an overview of what is supposed to be happening. Like you may be playing two gangs that have come upon the same saloon and they don't want to share territory. So we play that out. But there's not much role playing involved. Mainly everything is set up uh, as it's going to come to a gunfight at some point And here's how you handle it relatively simple rules it's a 2d6 system and they give you a chart 
depending basically on how close you are to someone and what weapon you're using, that gives you the odds of whether or not you hit them. And they do have some more advanced rules for cover and for variable damage. But for the most part, unless you're a being played by another person, if you hit somebody, they're just going to be out of the fight. But gotcha. it comes with uh, several, a couple dozen, what they're calling their, their um, episodes. And they give you an idea like this is the shootout at the OK Corral. Or here is the Yellowstone Park and you need to defend a river crossing. And that's what the story is behind setting up your game board pieces. Um, so they're hope and they give you some guidelines on setting up your own. So there comes with plenty of pieces to, to set up your your little scenarios. And it's it looks really like a, a nice little game. The first edition uh, was produced uh, back in 2007. And it uh, it did well enough here where they've had a lot of people. Uh, uh, let me see. Offhand, it, it's already funded. They've got almost 200 backers here. Uh, it's got 15 days to go left on this project, so it's going to be running until the 23rd of March. It's a hundred and or excuse me, fifteen thousand seven hundred dollars out of the five thousand dollar goal. So they've tripled that. It's doing well. Um, they have put out 41 other Kickstarters. Uh, this company called Worthington Publishing, they uh, specialize in historical-based board games. And they've been doing this for almost 15, 16 years now. So the product itself, it looks solid as far as the gameplay. It looks like if you have an interest in the Old West, it, it looks fun. It looks easy to do. And um, it's a little bit, I, th I thought... There are some expensive levels to get in on it because you start out uh, at $69 for the deluxe edition, what they're calling it. Um, it's delivery in October of this year. You will get you one copy of that, and they're saying if you get it in the store somewhere, they expect it to have an MSRP of $85. So you're you're going to get it for a $15, $16 discount through Kickstarter. Um, and you can get additional copies. But that's the only other uh, options they really give you. There's no other expansions to buy or extra pieces. And I did not see any additional stretch goals that they're going to be doing. It's just with the Kickstarter, you get that exclusive extra uh, playboard uh, to go with what they've already got in the box. So, I don't know. It looks fun to me. Um, I think it would be kind of, it would be a neat game if you have any interest in that era, honestly. Yeah, I um as a kid growing up, my dad would watch a lot of like Western TV shows, you know, Gunsmoke and Rifleman and all that stuff, and uh, Bonanza, mm -hmm. and I I hated them, <laughs> hated them. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate some. I don't like a lot of westerns, but there are certain westerns that I find like really good. I really really enjoy them, and a lot of times it is sort of the simplicity of who's good and who's bad. Yeah, you know, generally I like morally gray stories where the heroes may not always be the heroes and the bad guys may not be wrong, but there's something enjoyable about a story where the person with the white hat is the good guy and the person with the black hat is the bad guy. Something, yeah, so so, I, something that's not so complicated, but if you want to just sit down, like you said, enjoy a good story. Yeah, you can just have have fun being the hero or maybe being the dastardly villain if you want to twirl your mustache. <laughs> uh, so I totally get that. I am not a fan of them. The title again. I don't know that their apology really holds enough because you could easily have just called it "Cowboys the Wild West" or the you know. There, there's a way to work with to not even bring that in at all. Um, but not to say that you know people 
buy the game, have fun with it. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, just like you, I have just a little bit of a, did we really have to do it that way? Yeah, there was a, a literal cringe when I come ac- came across that. And considering the first game was just Cowboys and this one's Cowboys 2 and Indians. You know, yeah, um, honestly, yeah, you just want to you want to treat it with respect, or even just admit using it if you can't handle it that way. But right again, because my point was that you can play the game and just not bring that element in. Obviously, you know, large picture, there's a whole lot of really bad things that happen. But if you just want to tell a simple story about white hats and black hats, you don't even need to bring in the you know Indians or first culture or Native Americans, however you want to phrase it, or they can be to the side i don't know it again it's, it just feels a little bit weird i'm not i don't wish them ill i don't wish anybody who buys this game ill i just i don't know it i would have a hard time backing this i think myself even though i do enjoy those types of stories yeah agreed there as far as that goes right yeah i did notice there are a lot of comments almost a couple dozen there of people that talked about they were so glad this came out the first edition was wonderful uh, you know, there's a lot of apparently history with this company of doing good jobs of handling historical games, but that, that's just, yeah, that was the only part I, I cringed on a little bit. Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm still, I'm glad you brought it to the table. It's interesting and I hope people will look into it, even if they don't, you know, don't back it to know that it exists. Uh, just understand that, you know, it may not be for everybody. Well, you do get a really good look at the game from the Kickstarter page. Uh, they do include a draft of the rules. It's about 14 pages of, uh, like I said, advanced rules and things that let you tweak the game to do different, you know, if you want to get more gritty about it. But uh, overall, it, it was presented well. I think it's a good Kickstarter itself. There's just, yeah, there's some little things in there that are a little goofy. My second Kickstarter is a role-playing game is a superhero or superpower role-playing game. I've mentioned this many times before, again, on our shows, that my second RPG I ever played was the old Marvel superhero face-rip game. A great game. game. <laughs> and I don't think it's a very good system, but I still love that game. I have so much fondness and nostalgia for it. I still run it at a lot of cons I go. I'll run a one-shot. So here is a superhero game called Ascendant, and they talk about how Marvel face rip was in some ways sort of a, you know, a basis for it or an inspiration. And it's, um, they really go into how this game works. Like if you read through the Kickstarter campaign, there's a lot of information on how they build the characters, how the points are allocated, how the power sets work and how you can do different things with them. So like just to, to, to quote the campaign, Ascendant strives to be neither a descriptor base nor effect based game. And rather, it is rather a physics-based game. The game mechanics are intended to be the physics engine of the game world. So what they're trying to do here is to come up with a mathematical system that can allow you to see how this character with these powers would interact with this this person with these powers and what would happen if they were to fight in a superhero battle in downtown Metropolis or Manhattan or whatever. It does use a chart, a color-coded chart, which, again, they say is inspiration to the Marvel Face Rip game. So you're going to roll based off of your power, and then you're going to look on a chart to see what color band your result equals. And each color band can mean different things, whether from a miss to a very powerful hit. Uh, they give some examples of some of the characters that were created. They give you basically their full stats. They they walk through how those stats are derived. 
and like how you would build this character in the game yourself. So I just think I think the the Kickstarter campaign gives you a lot of information. So if you're not sure about the game, it is I guarantee you this game is not for everybody. <laughs> but if you think this game is for you, they're going to give you enough information that you can make that determination. There's nothing hidden. They will walk you very much through what this game does, how it looks, how you would play it at your own table, and I certainly I think that's a great thing to do. The artwork looks really cool. And uh, I'm not going to lie that uh, I, I, I looked at the stretch goals and there, well, there's two, two things that really made me want to bring this up. One is, uh, so in this world, super beans just sort of emerge. They become, they, they, something changes them. And in the game, they're called ascendant. So that's why you have ascendant is the name of the, the game. But if you are someone who has just magically or mysteriously gotten powers, you're now an ascendant. And there is one and only manatee that has ascended and he's called levity or she, I don't know if it's a he or she, they are called levity because it's a manatee that can fly. And th- <laughs> so there's just enough of that tongue in cheek goofiness that appeals to Michael. But if you look at the stretch goals, so their first stretch goal is at 15,000. There's a full color trifold game master screen. Their top level stretch goal is $1 billion the lead designer will become a Batman-like billionaire crime fighter. Nice. So, again, just those two elements alone kind of made me feel like, okay, I think I know what this game is about. Uh I know what this game is trying to do, and I support that. Uh, So it's created by Autiarch. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. This is their ninth created, 48th backed. Uh, Currently, they're just under $18,000, like $25 away from $18,000. Their goal is ten, dollars so they've already funded. They've also hit that first stretch goal, so the full-color trifle DM screen will be included. Uh, As of right now, there's 24 days to go, so there's lots of time for this to get even bigger. Uh, It's $20 for the PDF, $30 for the PDF and all the stretch goals in digital form. $40 $40 gets you the soft cover, $60 gets you the hard cover, and the expected delivery date is March 2021. So same as last time, basically one year from now is when they expect you to have it. <laughs> I'm looking through the art that they've included down towards the end of this, and I see the levity you mentioned, which was great. And then I look right above that, and I see blind sighted assassin Helen Killer is teleporting in at that Wow. Yeah, that's a definite sense of humor there, huh? Yeah. I saw the chart you're talking about, and yeah, that that definitely brings up the old phase rip, which I did play that one, but they mentioned the uh, Meg gaming system, and that one I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I I don't either. I I have no idea. But that is a neat way they do put that information out there for you to look at. Like you said, it's what they're calling their physics-based system, where this power interacts with that power. That... That seems like a lot of meat uh, on the bones of this one, and they do give you a lot to look at on this. But I like it. It includes a lot of information. Cause, and I don't know if it's um, intentional, if it's uh, hesitation or fear, but a lot of times Kickstarters for RPGs, they hide a lot of stuff. I guess they're maybe afraid to give away too much information because the game is basically, you know, you roll 3D8s and whatever. Yeah. So if you tell people that, you basically tell them all they need to take your game and play it. So it probably from less established, maybe like first, second time creators, I see that. So I really like when I see a creator or a team to say, this is the game. Like what you're paying for now is all the work we've done. 
but we're not afraid to share the meat and potatoes because, you know, again, you're, you don't know what you're going to get with a Kickstarter sometimes. So the more information they give, I think it's awesome. So I think this is a very upfront Kickstarter. It gives you all the information you need. The artwork looks comic booky and cool. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I think this is a cool one. Okay, I, yeah, you mentioned Autark's doing this one, and that name rang a bell, and they did the Adventure Conqueror King system. It's mentioned as one of their biggest uh, items. I, yeah, I've looked into that and played that. That's a neat system. I mean, the company there yeah, has some serious uh, role-playing gaming design legs under it. That's, that's some good stuff right there. I, are you going to play this with Tom? Because he's a comic book guy. Probably. I, I mean, we actually never played a, a role playing or a superhero RPG together, but I'm probably going to bring Marvel Superhero to the faculty retreat and see if somebody wants to run my or wants to play my Marvel game. So maybe I'll, I'll loop him in since he is my comp fan. Though he's more DC than Marvel, uh-huh. which again, that's that's fine by me. Uh, so I don't know if he will have as much enjoyment playing a Marvel system as a DC system. But All right. We'll see. All right. Thanks. That All right. looks good. And then my third one is a game called Amazing Jungle Run. <laughs> and I'll admit that the the reason I first latched onto this is that it is based out of a design company in Louisville, Kentucky, which is really close to where I'm from. I was actually in Louisville yesterday. Uh, my kid is in the Odyssey of the Mind program at his school for the first time ever, and we had to go up to Louisville for his first competition. Happy to report they came in first place, and they're going to state. Great. That's another trip, then you have a good time with that. Well, that that weekend that they're doing state is the same weekend I'm at the faculty retreat, so ah. I will not be going to it. <laughs> uh, so this is their second game. Uh, the creator is listed as Kevin Smith, but if you watch the video, and no, not that one, <laughs> and not the other one either, because I know a Kevin Smith whose handle is not that Kevin Smith, so it's neither of those two Kevin Smiths. Uh, but if you re- watch the video, there's actually a group of people. So his name's on it, but there's a group of three people that created it. It's their second game. Uh, I checked out their first Kickstarter. It was pretty small. Uh, like this one, their pledge goal is 4,500. So it's not like they're trying to set the world on fire. Right. But looking through the comments, it looks like the first game came out pretty much on time and people are really happy with it. Uh, so, you know, it seems like at least, even though this is their second one, it, you know, they have a history of being successful. Uh, they have a review on their game, which is part of their video from the dice tower. So I, I'm, I know the dice tower exists. Obviously it's a huge podcast and in, in our, in our realm, but I'd never watch it. I don't know anything about any of the people on it. Uh, but the person who reviewed it was really complimentary of this game. Uh, so it's a dice and card game where you can like, there's strategic choices on whether you draw where you draw from, or you roll your dice, so that can give you resources. A lot of the cards you have manipulate the stacks of cards. So I may know that, you know, at the bottom of stack A is a card I want, but I have two cards that will let me move the cards around to get that card closer to the top, or maybe even in my hand, which will allow me to collect points. Uh, it is a It works for either solo or up to four players, and I, I'm a sucker for solo games because I play a lot of solo myself. But having the ability to play with up to four players is pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the artwork looks solid. It's not like setting the world on fire, but it's it's good. It's you know it fits the theme. There's a about a halfway down. There's a list of three cards: Bottom Feeder, which looks like a piranha; Hideaway, which is like a jungle vista; and then Transport, which is like a a, a monkey or other. You know, I, I don't know terms. It's not a gorilla. It looks like a monkey to me. Uh, swinging on a vine, and. Uh, there's basically only two pledge levels. 
Uh, for $19, you get a copy of the game, which is very reasonable. And for 25 you get a copy of the game and a playmat. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned their pledge levels. I see down here on their $35 pledge, you get the uh, jungle game, a playmat, and the seven ghost game, which I'm assuming is something they've already produced. So That, that was their previous game. The, it's called Seven Ghosts. That is, that's a nice level, too. Uh, so, so again, so the uh, estimated delivery is this year in September. Uh, there's some retail levels, like if you want to get multiple copies of the game. But uh, at the basis, it's 19 for the game, 25 for the game and the playmat. And as you mentioned, 35 for this game, the playmat, and then their previous game, Seven Ghosts. They have not yet funded. As of recording, they are at $3,700 on a goal of 45 with uh, just over a week to go. So they have a good chance of getting there, but I don't, I mean, it's not guaranteed at this point. What is that, $800, $700 to go? Yeah, in a few days, yeah. So hopefully with the last last 48 hours, you know, usually Kickstarters get a, get a bit of a run, uh, but uh, hopefully they'll make it. Well, you can always throw your support in behind this one, and we'll get the word out and see what people think of it. It's nice. I see they include where you can look at the rules and the solo rules. Rules. I'm sorry. And they've got the videos down here of showing you how to play by yourself and some other actions. Uh, it, it does look good. Like you said, the art on the cards is neat, nice, and evocative for a lot of animals. It's it's good looking stuff here. And uh, it does seem like when they put reviews up, they're always positive. I'm not really under understanding <laughs> how that works, but it must be nice if everybody likes your stuff. Yeah, or at least everybody who likes it is the ones you choose for your your campaign. <laughs> right. It's it's nice towards the end there. They have a, a timeline of when everything is at least planned to go out. That they're keeping you, uh, giving you a lot of information on the inner workings of this thing. So yeah, so uh, amazing jungle run. Eight days left. Needs a little help. All right. So Larry, what is your third and final Kickstarter for the day? Well, the last one I wanted to take a look at today is called the Rocket Book Orbit. This is uh, the latest in a several different products that the Rocketbook company has put out, and apparently they specialize in working on reusability and uh, lessening uh, the amount of trash you're going to have in your office or your, your home office. What the uh, pad does is you have the option of getting uh, two different sizes once the uh, Kickstarter ends, and essentially it is a... What they're saying is a reusable, um, rewritable booklet that is going to last you so you won't have to keep throwing out uh, legal pads again and again and again. So they have a nice little video here at the beginning of it, which is fairly humorous, um, where the guys tout how they're going to be helping the environment by creating less waste. Um, their reusable plastics are going into making the backing for these uh, boards. Uh, right now they're sitting at four hundred and three thousand out of a ten thousand uh, dollar goal, so they've you know passed that over many many times. There are nineteen days left in this one as of right now. It shuts down on the twenty seventh of March. Um, this again, you've got a couple different choices in this, and what they essentially are is it is a plastic backing. It's got magnets in the top that. Uh, are going to be holding what they're calling their page packs. Each page pack is a 20-page pad of this plastic film, but it's not... The way they describe it, it's plastic because it's reusable and created from other plastic items, but you can write on it like paper. Um, 
it's re uh, excuse me it's erasable as long as you're using the pilot brand of friction pens which use an erasable ink in them so that is one of the caveats here you've you've got to use that uh, so it remains erasable but each of these little pads is set up in different grids or uh, different uses for them uh, and they come like i said 20 to a sheet and it's on front and back and they are interchangeable uh, they're simply held in by the two magnets on the top of the uh, backing board they have one that comes with a dot grid on one side and lined on the other side they've got a to-do list um, set up they have one that's just a weekly planner and then lined on the other side they've got one that's lined on both sides a dot grid on both sides then they have a graph paper set up uh, graph paper on both sides which you know if you want to sit and doodle dungeon maps or things like that that might be useful for you and they've got one uh, set up for uh, with a music staff on it as well if you like to doodle um, you know your own music or for that but they have a couple videos explaining how they make it and how you use it it's essentially just a damp cloth uh, is used to wipe away your notes or whatever you've written or drawn on here. The little packs uh, of 20 sheets apiece are, again, attached by magnets, so you, you can swap those out quickly if you want to go from setting up um, just a drawing pad to going over and doing uh, a budget or a monthly plan or something like that which i just thought was neat you know you've seen those uh, erasable pads on the side of the fridge this is essentially what seems to be a stack of them you know on, on a pad which you can flip over and go to the next sheet so i, I just thought that was neat uh, the reusability of it um, i thought was pretty cool and the pens you can get uh, at any office supply store it's not a special pen but it is an erasable pen uh, made by pilot and it does seem to be the only one they specifically mentioned that you can use with this but uh, as far as their funding goes they're well over their funding it's going to cost you $29 to get in on um, one board and this is going to give you one of their orbits which is just essentially the base for it one uh package one page pack which is comes with the lined and dot grid on the back it comes with one of the pilot friction pens and it comes with a small microfiber towel which you'll need to dampen in order to wipe this off but uh, different levels just give you additional additional orbits additional page packs and some more pens now until you jump up to get the what they're calling the ultimate squad pack this one gives you four of your boards your packs, your pens, towels. You also get sunglasses, which they make them look really cool, and uh, <laughs> sets of stickers to put around and you know annoy people with there. And that's at one hundred and ten dollars for. So you'll save some money if you buy four. If you actually could use four at a time, and you know they'll right. throw in some little doodads there. Uh, but overall, it it's a solid product if you do a lot of handwriting if you do most of your note taking and stuff on your phone or laptop or, or whatever maybe this wouldn't appeal to you so much but i i don't and i just thought this grabbed my attention and it seems like a neat product and they've put a lot of effort into showing you how they've made us made this and made it to be sustainable and sort of helpful uh, about cutting down on paper 
use and waste so that's why i brought that one up i just thought it was neat and it's uh like i said running until um the end or running towards the end of this month it's fully funded take a look at it if you might be interested in using something else for your uh, you know for your notes or something like that yeah i think um so i was looking at the video the video is actually um i'm pretty sh i'm pretty sure it's a callback to weird science <laughs> when they create the the girl in their little scientific experiment because there's a lot of like the the uh jumper cables on each side throwing stuff in so i'm pretty sure that's because they're like throwing in all the different things that they want so i'm pretty sure that's what that is uh and it's really fun the sunglasses bit he takes his sunglasses off throws it in and then puts on a new pair uh so yeah the video's kind of cute kind of funny uh i do like actually i mean you know this being a gaming related show if you draw a lot of dungeons or, or take notes on your campaign or even like during the campaign, if you're the DM and people are saying things like I use a lot of note cards and I go through those things like crazy. So, you know, potentially I could take my notes on here and, and you know, we didn't talk about it a lot, but there's also interconnectivity between this and the digital world where you can take a picture of the notepad and transfer it into these different programs where then it continues to be, you know, um, editable or interactable on there and one of the things i saw in the video which was really cool at the bottom there's like seven different places uh, at the very bottom you can put a little x and when you take the picture the where you put that x determines what program it will automatically upload that image to now i don't know if those are changeable like you get to pick the seven or if there's the seven that are standard but they show where this person, you know, he drew a picture of something, puts a little X in a certain spot when he takes a picture, it automatically puts that into this program that he then opens and is able to manipulate that. Uh, so I think that interconnectivity is really cool. Yeah, I am glad you brought that up because that's at the end, down there towards the end of their Kickstarter, which using their app, which is, is a free app, it lets you take the picture. And like you said, those are predetermined as far as if you mark one, then it's already set up to go to your uh, Dropbox or OneNote or however you have it. But you can also set them up to be shared, you know, through your um, through group mates. Uh, or excuse me, through people who uh, would have access to your Dropbox or whatever too. But that that was neat. It's got the uh, a version of um, optical character recognition built into their app too that can send the, if you write the title of it up at the top, it'll send it to a specific folder on your whatever device you have it linked to, you know, whether it's a phone or, or a laptop or something. So yeah, that was a really nice uh thing that i honestly forgot to mention so i'm glad you brought that yeah. up because it's a key component of the digital world yeah this uh i, I this was not in my <laughs> orbit whatsoever <laughs> uh but this is a cool product this is definitely rpg adjacent so it's not really what it's designed for but i just i know how i run games as a player or a dm i could see this being very handy and if you are eco-conscious why not try to do better and i do think 20 dollars price point is not bad. Now, obviously, if you don't erase it all the time, or if you forget, use the wrong pen, you know, the way they are sustainable is you're going to have to keep buying more paper. Like you're, you're going to buy the packs. That's how they're going to sustain the business. Yeah. But all in all, I'm actually impressed with this one quite a lot. So I'm really glad you brought it to the table because this, I would not have seen this one whatsoever. Yeah. I don't remember why I saw that. Well, actually, now that you can, I do actually, I was talking to, uh, I just think it was Jared Rasher on, um, uh, on Twitter about 
he mentioned using those friction pens and I started looking at those and through a link somewhere for those I got sent to here it's like use this with our product and then I got turned on to this and this is one I did I did back this because I'm interested enough in it to give it a shot so uh, I thought that was a nifty one too as well Okay, very cool. Well, again, thank you very much. Thank you for joining me, uh, com- you know, as always. Uh, so now we're time for the Going Last Memorial Pickstarter um, segment. And so this is where we are going to pretend like we have all the imaginary money in the world. We can back any of these projects at any level that we want. But in doing so, we immediately become unable to ever have or interact with the others. So this is the total exclusion to the rest. So... Larry, yes. you have all the imaginary money in the world. Which Kickstarter are you going to pickstart? Well, I feel like a bit of a turncoat here because even though I actually did back one of my own, I would go with Ascendant by Autark, by the one you brought up with the superheroes because that, wow, that it just, it really looks good. They've done a great job of at least pulling me in and got my interest, and that's the one I would go with. All right, very cool. So this one's a little bit tough for me. I'm going I'm to have to explain and possibly cheat the rules a little bit. <laughs> so who goes there? I already have the game. All I would need is the expansion pack. So I'm going to I'm gonna say in my rules here that if I don't choose who goes there, I still get to play my version. I don't I don't lose access to the first edition. That one does not disappear off my shelf. Since so you not, already have it. Okay. Since I already own the first edition, so it's not this Kickstarter, that by if I choose not to back that one. It doesn't go away because if because if it does if the rules are that I can't play this game ever then it's going to be who goes there. It's your show. You set the rules. <laughs> My next thought would be that Rocket Book Orbit. I actually really am impressed with that. I want to want to look dig into it some more. But you know I, I'm not the most eco friendly person in the world. I do what I can, uh, but I do like the idea of trying to get things that are reusable because I do. I take so many notes when I'm DMing and use note cards. If this is a way I could write things out and then you know, take a picture, then still make them digital. That sounds very, very cool to me. But end of the day, I would probably throw $800 at Amazing Jungle Run so they would fund. Because <laughs> I would like to see that continue. It seems like a, you know, it's a group of people, a group of friends who are creating games that's very close and near and dear to my heart. Uh, they're really close to having their second successful Kickstarter. So all the imaginary men in the world, I would give them 800 bucks so that they could guarantee that they would fund and continue going on and hopefully continue to make more and more games. I'm a little surprised to hear that from you. I kind of expected you'd throw a billion dollars at Ascendant just to see a real Batman. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, probably what would happen is day one, he would die. Uh, he, he would either be murdered or he would fall off of a building or get hit by a truck because he's in all black and walking through the streets. Uh, so it would be on my conscience that I got someone killed. Okay, that, that would be the next one. If, if it wasn't that, it, the next one would be that one. Okay, I like that. Very cool. All right, well, Larry, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, for everyone listening, again, if you end up checking any of these Kickstarters out, if you end up backing them, please Throw a note in their comments and just say, hey, I want you to know I heard about your show or heard about your, your Kickstarter through this show. And again, basically, this is promotion for us because what's going to happen is the creators are definitely going to be excited about that. But then other people who are also in that campaign are probably going to see that note and then they may go, oh, I bet Kickstarters, I might be interested. And it's a way for our audience of this show to grow exponentially. But 
I don't feel comfortable doing it myself. Like, I don't want to go like, hey, I talked about you on my show. That seems kind of icky to me. Uh, but if you back them because of us, then that's totally cool. So go let them know. So, yeah, you want your podcast to be like a contagion that spreads throughout the world one by one, right? No comment. <laughs> so you can find me and everything I do at the RPG Academy. Uh, please remember the Kickstarter <laughs> for Catacon is going live at the end of this month, uh, March 26th. So if you can support us anyway, if you're coming, great, obviously. But if not, even two bucks goes a long way. Uh, so find everything I do at the RPG Academy. Larry, one more time, where can people get a hold of you? At the Dueling Ogres website, I write articles and reviews there. And also on Twitter at Mumfrey999. And I was wondering, are we going to be covering this so-called Acaticon Kickstarter? I will not be bringing it to the table because that would be a clear violation of my ethics. But if you or, you know, JVC wanted to talk about it, I would not edit that out of the show. I have been, I've went this Next, next coming up would be my third one to go to, and I have enjoyed the last two immensely. So, yeah, I think somebody is going to mention that. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you, and thank everyone listening, and we'll talk to you later. Yes, Bye-bye. we will. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.